Welcome to Adama Media podcast series, exploring life's big and not so big issues through the spoken word. Welcome to Adama Media and hello and thank you so much for joining us Tamsin and Juliet and agreeing to have a conversation to follow up your very important articles that came in the wake of that tragic event of Sarah Everard's murder. The event and your articles clearly hit a nerve with many, many people and got a huge amount of attention and readership online. And I was just saying to you, we received both of your articles over the weekend following that awful news and both felt so raw, impassioned, like you had to write this and share it. Is that right? Um, What was the motivation for submitting your article to us and what did that feel like? Um, For me, um, yeah, I was just furiously angry and I think I wrote it in about 20 minutes I just had to get it out I was like it just made me absolutely furious I've never written anything so quickly and so passionately before so I was really pleased when it was taken up by Adama thank you yeah I think we definitely got a sense that there was like an urgency and a huge amount of kind of drive behind it yeah it was much the same for me I wrote mine ridiculously quickly I think I was so awash with different emotions and I'd had conversations with friends who equally just couldn't even comprehend what they were feeling so I just knew that I had to put into words the mix of emotions that people were experiencing and it came out very quickly on paper. And was it nerve-wracking or a relief or a mix of some of those emotions to share your experience and to know that that was going to be online and read by lots of people how did that feel? Yeah, I think I was really elated when obviously it got picked up and then it was quite widely read. But then after that, I think I felt a little deflated. It's like, oh, no, it's out there. Everybody knows and you kind of can't take it back. So, yeah, for me, it was a real mix of emotions. Mm. And are you are you glad that you you wrote it? Yeah, yeah, I'm glad I wrote it because I've had such lovely feedback and lots and lots of women contacting me to say me too. Lots of men contacting me to say, you know, we need to do better. This is awful. This needs to be really widely read. But one of the best things that I had was a teacher who was saying that she was going to use that article with her year 12s in their PHSE lesson. So I I think, yeah, now that it's out there, it feels good that it's been widely read. Thanks. Yeah, good. And what about you, Juliet? Was it nerve-wracking or did it feel really good to kind of get that out there? Yeah, I, I found it great to be able to be part of that conversation because I think this was a trigger event in which loads of women wanted to speak out and, and be part of a movement to hopefully try and reduce possible violence in the future. And to be able just to be some small voice within that larger cry yeah I felt a relief to be part of that and um, kind of quite motivated to be part of that and share it widely so that people do spread the awareness and hopefully increase the action and change in the future. Hmm. I'm curious to hear I mean Tamsin you've already said a little bit in terms of some of the responses but what response did your articles get did you feel they highlighted that there is a problem or did it encourage you that we're moving in the right direction was there anything that surprised you yeah I think I was really blessed I was really pleased with a lot of the responses and a lot of 
parents of children who are like, you know, we need to raise our sons to make mm. sure that they are never a threat to women and, you know, to raise them right. So that was really encouraging. Although I did have, because um, I contacted some people on Twitter to see if they could share um, and I had some lovely responses but I did have one response that was kind of what's this all about what's in it for me and then actually asked me for money to be able to share and it was like immediately blocked and deleted they clearly had missed the point of the whole article so that oh was a bit goodness. of a shock really <laughs> yeah gosh that's awful to hear um, <laughs> yeah I think some people just do miss the point even when it's written down in, in such clear words it doesn't go in or they've just got so many preconceptions that they they can't understand where this argument's coming from maybe do you think that's part of the problem do you think it's become an issue that some people just don't want to engage with it don't look beyond headlines and just switch switch off yeah possibly but I think because I'd only contacted people that I admire, obviously with it being social media, it's not people that I've ever met, but it's people that I admire and people in, in a similar profession to me. Um, so yeah, I was really shocked by that response, but it just kind of made me realise that, yeah, I don't know them very well. So yeah, that's not the kind of person that I want to engage with. So again, deleting, muting, blocking. Um, yeah. It's just a shame that we have to do that, you know. But there we are. And that was a woman, by the way. Oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> and it has been interesting almost to see the responses that this social media trend has had, some real kind of support that's come through it, but also some people that have been opposed to people vocalising or saying their experiences and their own hardships. Do you think it's a positive or do you think there are any downsides to lots of women coming forward with their experiences? Because it's been a real phenomenon since Sarah Everard's murder of people publicly saying what's happened to them. Do you think that's entirely helpful? Yeah, I think it is. I think it's cathartic. I think it's empowering for them. At um, mm. the same time, it's incredibly shocking that everybody has got a story like that or every woman has a friend that they know who's been raped or sexually assaulted. And that is, it's so common and it absolutely shouldn't be. In my profession, I, I work with a lot of women and I see victims of domestic violence really regularly and it absolutely should stop I just I can't believe that it's still happening in a civilized country in 2021. Well said. <laughs> yeah I spotted throughout your article the similarities and parallels in the experiences of the ways that we as women try to almost protect ourselves and much the same with comments that I've spotted on social media where people do have keys between their fingers or calling people when they get home to make sure that they have got home safely and and it is almost daily experiences that women have faced that almost have been shared and those links have come through through this social media trend. Mm. I do worry at times that some men have men particularly but also some women have felt almost excluded from that conversation so maybe therefore aren't wanting to be part of this this movement because they can't comprehend or can't understand where people are coming from and I kind of touched on that a bit in my article about the language that's used if it's only said to be a women's issue then it'll only almost remain within 
the women's power to make a change um, whereas actually a united approach where everyone is involved in that conversation might be helpful and might increase uh, the speed in which change happens. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's what both of your articles did really interestingly was trying to make this not just a women's issue and calling upon men to engage. And both of your articles did call upon men to do better. And Tamsin, there's a really powerful section in your article talking about the passive voice and how this is problematic and puts the focus onto women when it should be on those culpable. I wondered if you could elaborate on that thought. Yeah, it was from a discussion with a friend, actually. It was after I'd written the article and she said, oh, have you seen this? And it was, a, you know, an extract from a TED talk by a professor who was saying about the passive voice. And he was saying, you know, we only hear the statistics of the number of women that were raped, not the amount of rapists there were. We only hear about how many women got pregnant as teenagers rather than how many men and boys impregnated teenage women mm. you know it, it, it's almost like that the discourse needs to change to empower women and even the term violence against women where are the men in that sentence are women hurting themselves are they falling the down the stairs themselves are they giving themselves black eyes no it's, it should be men who are violent against women and I deal with victims of domestic violence on a regular basis. I know the statistics, I know that women can be abusers too, but in the vast majority, it is women who have been hurt by men and it really has got to stop. Absolutely, enough is enough. Do you want to add anything, Juliet? I think you've summarised it so well. I'd second a lot of those points. I think the language that's used is so so powerful to change people's mindsets and so the more that we can than just in the media be referring to crisis situations in a different way can encourage society to look beyond the set discourse of it being a women's issue which can help then in that process towards making a change and making sure that this doesn't continue. Mm. Julia, you also talked about this, actually, and you talked about the cultural shift that's needed to move from victim blaming or talking about women being fearful or what time she was going where and what she was wearing to focusing on the abuser and how they came to cause harm in order to prevent further crime. Do you think as a society that we don't take crimes of harassment seriously enough? Is that the message behind that? What are your thoughts on the way we approach these crimes? Mm. I think it's a really complex one. I think there's a number of issues that all interlink to, to cause the situation that we're in now. It's true, harassment often isn't taken seriously and certainly small levels of harassment, verbal abuse as people walk down the streets, for example. But I think beyond that, there's also challenges for women to have the confidence to speak up when something has happened because of low rates then once people have reported it of anyone being convicted and also societal's judgment upon that and also often men's attitudes towards what is okay and what language is okay what behavior is okay so I think it's potentially far more kind of nuanced than that that there's a number of deep-rooted issues that need to be addressed to make sure that the attitudes are changed and crimes of harassment don't continue and if they do occur, then people feel the confidence to speak up and then the person that convicted the crime does get identified. 
Mm. What do you think, Tamsin? Do you think we take harassment crimes seriously enough? No, I don't. And I visited somebody that I work with who has been the victim of domestic violence. I visited her at home yesterday, obviously socially distanced, you know, I didn't go, but I saw her at the doorstep and she was there with two black eyes, a broken nose, and she was mortified that I had seen her like that. Absolutely mortified. She absolutely shouldn't be. She should have no shame. The person who perpetrated that crime on her should be the one hanging his head in shame. And so often... The woman is is embarrassed and wants to cover up. I've also had a case where I serve the travelling community where I work and we had a case of a child being taken away from home due to the risk of domestic violence in the home. And at the point that the little child was taken away, the dad said to the mum, look what you've done because you've reported this. And it was almost like putting the shame onto her when actually he's the violent one. It's his domestic violence that caused that situation. But still the mum mm-hmm. took it all on herself that it was her fault for speaking out. So it's so wrong. It's, it's so wrong. Women should not have to live in fear. Oh, gosh, that's awful. The other things that you mentioned, Juliet, in your article in terms of shifting from talking about the victim and her circumstance to focusing on the abuser. I'm curious as to whether you think that there is a place, even if it needs to be in its proper place, or absolutely no right place for talking about responsibility that we as women all do consider, as you say, like those experiences do resonate with every woman of safety, of how responsible you're being, of whether you're walking alone, what time it is, where you are, what you're wearing. Do you think these things have some place in the mix of the discussion or should our entire focus actually not include those and focus on culpability punishing reforming preventing crime what do you think i think i came at this article with a mindset of the fact that i and all of my friends and people i know my sisters will be already doing these steps to make us feel safe enough to walk even when it's dusk home in what should be deemed as safe locations. So I think we're ticking all of the boxes already to make sure that we don't get assaulted. But yet still we have this fear because we know that it's not only about that. It's not only if you walk in the right places, wearing the right clothes, it goes beyond that and reveals the fact that you're vulnerable, whoever you are, wherever you are and whatever you're wearing. And I think that potentially is one of the reasons why this latest case has really stuck in people's radar and made them speak out. Because unlike previous situations in the news where the perpetrator hasn't been the major focus, which shifts the limelight away from the crime that was committed. Whereas instead I was approaching this and saying, well, taking that aside, taking that out of the argument, there is still such fear because we know the violence that can occur. So I think often the conversation gets shifted away from what what should be the major focus and instead focuses on the women rather than why the abusers abuse. Mm. And Tamsin, do you think there's a place, even if the focus is wrong, do you think there's a place for discussing this or do you think that's just really not the point 
Yeah, no, it's definitely, I think it's, it's to be discussed, I think. But it's not just about protecting our daughters and women protecting themselves. It's about educating our sons. I have two teenage boys and me and my husband are raising them to make sure that, you know, they are walking their girlfriends home or their friends who are girls they're walking them home they're making sure that they are not a threat and that women will know that they're not a threat they know how wrong it is to catcall to harass people online all that kind of thing and that's how we're raising them and I think that's how we change the discourse is by educating our sons on how to behave better around women yeah absolutely you kind of preempted my next question I was gonna say clearly 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 as a society we need to form better men and to hold men to a higher standard I think the fact you know as you said it being so conscious of that as you're raising two teenage boys is absolutely like the long-term solution if everyone took that really to heart in parenting and as teachers as educators and slowly but effectively hopefully we'll be able to shift that culture and we've talked a bit about wanting to hold men to a higher standard for men to do better and I suppose my question is what do you see as women's role in helping to shift this culture what can we constructively do as well as speaking out which is important and it's an eye-opener and it's cathartic as you said but what can women constructively do to be part of that culture shift in a positive way? I think the Sarah Everard case, it's really hit home to a lot of women and certainly the responses to both the articles have shown that lots of women and the feedback that I've got from my article, lots of women have experienced the same and people coming forward who I don't know, you know, people that I've met only on social media contacting me to say, yeah, that happened to me. I was raped. I was assaulted. I've been stalked. You know, people sharing their stories. And I think we shouldn't be ashamed to share our stories and it's empowering and it creates this togetherness that I know the Me Too movement created, that it's good to speak out and maybe that will make things change and the conviction rates will go up and our sons won't ever commit these crimes if they're raised correctly and if they're, they're educated. I think that's the positive change. You know, Nobody should be afraid to share these stories and we should speak out. Mm-hmm. I think if the question is what women can be doing, I think women are already doing so much. I know from my own personal experience that women already feel responsible for their their friends, their siblings, their acquaintances to make sure that they get home safely. I think women as a result already feel part of of that process, but feel restricted in the amount of change that they can achieve because there is the argument out there that they're often the ones not convicting the crimes and therefore how much power they have to cause the change but I think raising awareness is a powerful tool because it allows men to realize that they can be part of that conversation and to make sure that they can be part of that change if they are aware of what's going on and how women feel so raising awareness but also 
it's interesting, the more women that are taking positions of power in our society, then I think the more that that can happen on a societal level and potentially on a policy scale as well. Mm. Thank you. But one more question, which is, what's the role of social media and new technologies in mobilising people to end violence? And do you think that's an entirely positive thing? Do you think there are risks attached to that? Yeah, I've only really started using Twitter since lockdown. You know, I had an account, I never really got it. I never really engaged that much. And during lockdown, I've followed some amazing people, mainly through my professional connections. And I think I've seen a really positive benefit. And again, the response that I had to the article was just incredible. So I think that's really powerful. But at the same time, I only follow people who are in my profession I do do a follow follow back and I put in my article how I use this follow follow back once a week and ever since I started doing that I get inappropriate dms from men Mm -hmm. and again it's like what I've only followed them because of the professional connection I say quite clearly on my bio that I'm a mum I'm a wife happily married I often post photos of me and my husband so anybody who follows me would know happily married for many years and still completely unsolicited getting approached by men creepy texts and I know what to do. I know I can mute, I can block, I can report, Mm -hmm. but it's really tiring and it's really boring. And I can't make it any clearer that I am not available, not interested. But even on social media, now in my 40s, I really thought that kind of male attention would, would end, but now it's taken a different course it's weird so there are many positives to social media but you have to be careful curate your timeline be clear in your bio and just mute block report if you get any creepy (laughs) creepy dms yeah absolutely oh yeah i agree that there is huge advantages in social media but also huge disadvantages as well it's great that we can publicize articles such as this to a wider audience and be able to speak out and have others also share their experience and therefore feel not alone in the struggles but there is that dark side of social media and it's worrying and revealing at times when when inappropriate messages come through because it really does reveal that these are people who think that it's okay to send those kind of messages And for me, certainly, that reveals part of the problem and gives me almost kind of extra fuel to the fire of the need to educate people and to make sure that this doesn't continue and that appropriate and inappropriate behaviour is taught from a young age and people can really understand that in all walks of life. Uh, One thing that really encouraged me, just as a final note, to see on social media was the number of threads where I was seeing men asking What's the best thing they can do if they're aware that they're walking down the road late at night and there's a woman on her own or a a teen on her own asking for advice of how best to make sure that she doesn't feel threatened. I was just so heartened to see all of those really well-intentioned efforts um, Mm. by men. Yeah, I'd agree. I've, I've seen some great conversations going on on social media with women, for example, simply stating small changes that men can do such as 
crossing over the street so it doesn't feel like they're following behind you and just simple things that men can do that will help try and relieve that fear that women face and so that's really helpful and healthy to see but at times I do question whether social media just does create those echo chambers so almost the the positive conversations that I see potentially are simply because I'm following people on social media that I agree with and support their views and see eye to eye and with a lot of matters Mm. I, I wonder whether in in that dark side of social media as we mentioned there is isn't necessarily those positive conversations going on yeah absolutely that's our daily adama challenge to try and break down those echo chambers there's definitely an adama article on that the echo chambers of social media super well thank you so much both of you for your time and for your thoughts and if our listeners haven't already read tamsin and juliet's articles then you're missing out. You should definitely go to adama.media and make sure you do read those because they're food for thought and very important. But thank you both so much. Have a lovely weekend. Thank you. Thank you, Adama, for creating that platform that we can share these articles on. Thank you so much. Listen to more podcasts at adama.media slash podcast and also find articles exploring life's big and not so big issues at our adama.media website.